Scene 7. Fallout. Shentlepiece City on Tuscarora Mountain. Tuesday. Vespers. Evening. 4th of July, 1284. 3rd of St. Swithin. Thanks to Officer Bunsey's Justiciar Leaguers and Sir John Stark's Rangers, most of the escape chutes have been deployed by now. The survivors evacuate Thor's base in a quick and orderly fashion. Everyone makes it safely to the Wood Elf villages below in the nick of time. Kaboom! After a long wind-up, the High Inquisitor's frozen corpse explodes, spewing black flame up and over the forest canopy. Clouds of dust and frozen vapors stifle the skies. The force of the explosion rattles Tuscarora Mountain down to the bedrock beneath the dwarven tunnels. Wreckage from the black wildfires collapses, shards of ice rain down, and frozen debris comes crashing from above upon one and all. Elves, humans, gnomes, and dwarves huddle under whatever shelter they can find. As the fallout starts to settle, Enganyan sees Lewis and Clark. One of them is holding the Sword of Laban, but he can't tell which one. All humans look the same to elves. Though not exactly sure why he is outraged by the sight, it bothers him to the core. He runs over and starts shouting at the human in Eldric. He doesn't speak a word of Eldric, Monsieur Enganyan. It's Xena. She stews with anger at him. But he's got Mademoiselle Florence's sword! The Mademoiselle Florence is gone. Why can't you get that between your pointy ears? Dungaree Jean steps in and says, Because she's not gone. In fact, she's right here. And Ganyan stares at her in silence for a moment. Zena gasps. What? Dungaree Jean points to the sword and explains in Eldrick. I asked Reverend Appleseed to pray for a miracle to bring the Mademoiselle Florence back to life. He prayed and informed me that she is not dead. Apparently, crossing the streams trapped her soul inside the Sword of Laban. It also trapped the High Inquisitor's soul inside the breastplate of Laban when he exploded, but the force of the blast must have flung the breastplate several miles from here. When Florence's body shattered, the Sword of Laban landed at Lewis's feet. It's as if she wanted him to have it next. And Ganyan replies, With all due respect, Madame Dungaree, I could never believe such nonsense. Dungri Jean says in English, Reverend Appleseed, he says he could never believe that the Mademoiselle Florence is inside the sword. Appleseed prays for a moment and looks up. Tell Ganyan that Florence tells him never to say never. Ganyan gasps when he hears the translation. Zena stammers a bit, then asks in halting English, Mademoiselle Florence, she is really in sword? Her soul is bound to the sword of Laban, yes. That is so very bad, says Zena. It is a mercy, replies Johnny Appleseed. She chose to delve into great evils during her lifetime, but the Lord Jesus said, There is no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. She has been given a second chance at salvation now. Zena asks, What can she do from inside sword? Anxious to learn more, and Ganyan pleads for a translation. When he hears the news, he grabs for the sword, vowing to free her. Before he can take hold of it, black flame erupts from its grip, and Flash freezes his gloves. He yelps, What on Middle Earth? Johnny Appleseed explains, She can guide and defend Lewis as he completes the quest destined for her. She promised to find some bronze plates. She will have to honor that promise from inside the sword. 
and Ganyan demands, Tell the humans to give me the sword and I'll make this right. Dungaree Jean conveys his words to Johnny Appleseed, and he replies, No. Florence saw Lewis wield it bravely in an attempt to take her place in sacrificing herself. He wants him to carry it. She feels a kinship with him for tasting the same temptations she had, and yet carrying the same spark of goodness that led her to sacrifice her own life to save others. And Ganyan cannot wrap his mind around all this. He asks in Eldrick, But what is Mr. Lewis going to do? Dungaree Jean asks Lewis in English what he intends to do with the Sword of Laban. His face draws a blank. I have no idea. Seeing his confusion, Johnny Appleseed offers sound advice. Keep it a secret. We have already seen too many ways that the sword can be used for evil, but it was given to Florence to be used for good. What good will come of it remains to be seen. Until then, her only advice to you, Lewis, is to keep its power a secret so that evil people cannot get their hands on it. And this is my advice to you. Do not be afraid. You don't have to figure out the great mysteries or even your purpose in life before adventuring out there. Just go forward with a heart full of trust in God's goodness. The hand of providence will lead you to wherever you're supposed to be one blind step at a time. As followers of Christ, we walk by faith, not by sight. Clark says, Lewis and I decided to join up with Sir Robert Rogers' rangers as apprentices. Is that okay? Johnny Appleseed replies, you don't need to ask me. As long as you keep praying every day, you'll find out what it is God's calling you to, sooner or later. Lewis adds, We both feel it's the right decision. We've become good friends with the only other apprentice in the company, Nathan Hale, and several rangers have taken us under their wing. It's the first time for both of us that we feel like we have a family we can trust. Dungaree Jean asks them, Do you know where the rangers are headed to next? Well, there's been talk of a quest in Fort Detroit. Johnny Appleseed strokes his beard and speculates. Archbishop Bozo has long been accused of sympathizing with the Black Flame cult. Rumor has it the Inquisition has ordered death to come for the Archbishop. If the Baron of Amherst is in league with the Inquisition, the Rangers might have been tasked with fulfilling those orders. Still, it's a blessing. Chances are high that Xena's magicka tree has locomutated itself somewhere along the shores of Lake Erie. With your permission, Madame Dungaree, Xena and I can keep an eye on our two young friends here while we look for her tree. Permission granted, replies Dungaree Jean. Xena is about to object, but she realizes she has no objections. She tells her mother in English, There is nothing for me here in Shentlepiece City. My magicka tree is gone, I lose elections, and I not care what high elves think of me. My soul wants to believe in real God, and my heart wants to learn magicka trees. I not think of better guide for me than Reverend Appleseed. Dungaree Jean gives her a hug. You've been through a lot, dear, but I have to admit that my motherly instincts are telling me it was all worth it to finally see you come to your senses. Reverend Appleseed will be like a father to you, more so than umpire Kibler could ever have been. Ganyan is the only one in the group who speaks no English, but he suspects that last conversation did not go his way. As soon as her mother lets her go, Ganyan grabs Zena's hand and says to her in Eldrick, Mademoiselle Zena, I know my behavior has not made much sense to you, but with his dying words, my father instructed me to tell the truth, and the truth is, I love you. I love you, and I've always loved you. I can explain everything if you just give me the chance. 
Zena looks at him in disbelief. Yeah, about that. My mother and I were just saying, What ho! shouts a commanding voice in English. They all turn around and realize they are surrounded by the Crusader army.